Welcome to Choir Talks. My name is Greg O'Neill. I'm the worship pastor at Ridgecrest Baptist Church, and Choir Talks is my weekly podcast. This podcast flows out of what I've been reading in my own personal quiet times each week. So here's a verse that jumped out at me this week. It's Colossians 3.16. Here's what it says. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So uh, let's just break this down. It's, it's a great verse. Let's just do it phrase at a time. First of all, it says, let the word of Christ uh, dwell in you richly. So word of Christ, uh, we're talking about the words that Jesus spoke. These words, we find them in the Gospels. Uh, we find that they are lived out and exemplified in the book of Acts, and then they're expounded on in all of the New Testament letters. So really in all of the New Testament, we find the message or the word of Christ. And uh, so here's the thing. If we're going to be followers of Jesus, we got to know what he said, right? We, we have to understand how he expected us to live and the things that were important to him if we're going to follow him. So we need to let this word of Christ dwell in us. Now let's talk about that word really quickly. The word dwell means obviously to to live in, to live in us. This word of Christ is to live in us. And I want to um, make a distinction between living in and just passing by to say hello. Uh, the word of Christ shouldn't be something that we just see every now and then uh, and say hello to. It's got to be something that dwells in us. And to me, that really implies us spending a lot of time in that word, to, to know it, not just for knowledge, but to know it for application so that we can put that word into practice in our lives. Um, it gives us another qualifier, too. It says that we're it's to dwell within us richly. Uh, I like that description. Richly implies to me um, a word that we don't often use, which is meditation. It To me, it implies that we're reading slowly enough through that word so that we're gleaning out what Jesus said, understanding it deeply, and thinking about it long enough to make an application to our lives. And uh, when we do that, there's a richness there to that word that enriches our lives and, and changes us and makes a difference. The writer of Psalm 19 uh, saw the richness of Scripture. He said this about all the laws and statutes of the Lord. He said they're perfect, they're refreshing, they're trustworthy, they're right, they're radiant, they're righteous. And then he went on to say, they are more precious than gold, than much fine gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. And in keeping them, there's a great reward. So when the word of Christ dwells in you richly, it's, it's going to spill out. Uh, and it's going to be a blessing to those who are around us. So the next phrase says um, that let it dwell in you as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. So teaching and admonishing is, is the fact that, that that word in us should not only change us, but God is going to use it to change other people. We need to speak that word and let it let it. Um, be a part of our conversation with others so that we can encourage them. We have a responsibility to one another in the body of Christ to disciple and to pass on what God has taught us so that we grow together in the Lord. We need each other and uh, we need this interaction with one another and through that often the Holy Spirit speaks. 
the writer of Hebrews uh, warns us. He says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up on meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. So this admonishing has to come when we are together as a group. Our meeting together is important for us to be able to communicate this rich word of Christ that is dwelling in us. And it says that we need to teach with wisdom. Now, you may not feel qualified to teach with wisdom. Um, Maybe I don't either, but that wisdom comes from letting that word dwell in you richly. The Holy Spirit will give you wisdom on that word as you meditate on it, and then you will be able to share what he tells you, not your own wisdom, but the wisdom that the Father leads you to. So then, looking at the rest of the verse, how do we express this? So we we have this this word of Christ, and we're going to share it with, with others for the sake of building others up. But how are we going to express this? I mean, what is it that Paul sees as the powerful tool to do this? I'm about to go all worship pastor on you right now, so here it is. It's singing. He says that we express this through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Uh, We're to express this word of Christ in us by singing. There's a temptation in our world to think that uh, singing is only for people who are, well, singers. For the people that are talented, have a beautiful voice, or love to sing, that, you know, singing should be sectioned off for those people. But according to this verse and according to the Bible, singing is not a singer's thing. Singing is a believer's thing. If the word of Christ is dwelling in you richly, use that vehicle that the Bible gives us, that the the Father gives us, and the Bible tells us about, which is our singing voice. Um, I have a really dear friend, uh, Mike Harlan, who is a worship pastor, and I heard him say this recently. He said, our church, speaking about his own church, he says, our church has a song, and that song is less than what God intends until every voice is singing. So if the word of Christ is richly dwelling in you, then sing it out. Here's the last phrase, a couple more things about this verse. It says um, that we are to express this through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Uh, Singing to God is important. So like that people around us are going to be encouraged by this song, but our song is directed to the Father. Now that may seem at odds with one another but here's the thing when you are singing the things that you know to be true the things that you have learned in your time letting the word of christ dwell in you richly then as you sing that to the father that is going to strengthen and encourage the people around you that hear it yeah you may not have the greatest voice in the world but you know what you may have the voice that someone sitting near you needs to hear expressing your heart out to the Father, expressing what you really believe to be true. And so we sing to God, and God uses that to pull along with us, our brothers and sisters, into a greater understanding of who he is and to experiencing him. And then the last phrase says that we need to do this with gratitude. Um, so I, you know, I think that's super important. That's the way we approach the Father. That's where we get our song in the first place is that the Father does something in our lives, in our hearts. He saves us. He, he rescues us. He changes us. And then as we worship and give back to him, we do it out of gratitude. So not only are the words that we sing important, but also it's our heart and the, the 
motivation and the where that comes from, which should be gratitude. Um, I like how the, the psalm writer says this, uh, speaks about that gratitude. He says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. And here's this. And then he put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to my God. Many will see it and fear and then put their trust in the Lord. Colossians 3.16. Read it. Think about it this week. Have a great week.